a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberg. Grateful to you for joining us here on episode 28 of Live Mike. I was just uh, talking to Grant Nielsen. You know him. He uh, is filling in for Jeff Kaplan uh, on Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news here at KSL News Radio. And he just shared with me an interesting observation he made. And it is that uh, if you turn on the news right now, both the local and the national, you're going to see two stories. The national news is covering what's going on off in Washington, and it is two teams uh, pitted against one another bitterly. On the floor right now of the uh, United States Senate, it's Olofgren, who is a House manager, meaning she's one of the prosecutors, uh, railing against the president, making the case as to why uh, she and her team believe he is unfit for office and ought to be removed. Uh, Just feet from where she stands right now, there is another team uh, that is bitterly divided and uh, disagrees staunchly with their assertions and is just raring to go. And as soon as the opportunity uh, presents itself, they will be uh, shouting down the assertions made uh, by this representative. Uh, That's illustrative of of great division. And then you turn on the local news, and here in Utah, it's uh, a process that has played out that, uh, in my estimation, is an inspiring and unifying one. Uh, There was one group of folks, the legislators, who got together and passed uh, a piece of legislation dealing with tax reform. Uh, That was in a special session back in December. And then uh, not long after the passage of that bill, there were some individuals in the community, citizens, uh, who said, ah, you know, I don't think they got it quite right. And, well, they're here in the state of Utah. There is recourse available to those citizens holding that opinion. Uh, they got out some petitions, and they started printing them off and sharing them with the community and gathering uh, the signatures required to uh, communicate sufficiently to the government that they were unhappy with this piece of legislation. Uh, well, those voices gathered together and were loud enough to, uh, it turns out, convince the governor Uh, the president of the Senate and the speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, uh, that they need to make a course correction. Now, I am not sure where I stand on this. I've heard folks uh, from both sides describing the merits or lack thereof of this uh, piece of tax reform legislation. And uh, today it's been interesting to talk to those folks now that there is uh, something in terms of uh, finality to this uh, great debate, uh, at least as it's been presented by the folks up on Capitol Hill. I invite one of those such folks who's been educating me on the merits of this tax reform uh, over the past few weeks, Rusty Cannon. He's vice president of the Utah Taxpayers Association, a proponent of, of this bill. Uh, and I just wanted to talk to him today and get his reaction to these uh, to these developments. Uh, Rusty, sir, how are you? You there, sir? Uh, yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I've got you now. Let me ask you, what's your reaction to this new development? You as someone who has for, for so many weeks now been a defender of uh, of this tax reform legislation. 
Well, it's been fascinating to watch. You know, it's it, the referendum process is a good process. Uh, it's neat to see citizen engagement get involved in a, a, something that's near and dear to our heart, taxes. <laughs> Usually a fairly boring subject, but, you know, clearly they were given a wide range of places to go and sign the referendum and their voices were heard. And, and now, you, obviously, we've heard the governor and everybody say, hey, we're going to pull back. And so we go back to square one and, you know, readdress the issues. The issues are still there. And I think we have a lot of good ideas. There's some specific things in the bill that I think we, we still need to, we think we still need to address. And we look forward to doing that. Is it kumbaya today or are, or are there winners and losers? Well, I think you can say it is kumbaya with the state in the sense that the process works. You know, in the sense where the legislature listens, uh, citizens can be heard. Process the process works. Um, you know, there are some areas where we're still at a, a bit of a crossroads in some areas that we need to make a decision as to whether we address those issues or or we don't. So it's a continuing conversation. Reading between the lines today, it seems as though tax reform and the issue at the state legislative level uh, will not be debated too heavily this uh, this legislative session. It seems, uh, speaking to the president of the Senate, the Speaker of the House, and also the governor, that after next week, when they repeal this deal, if they have their way, uh, that the tax reform will not be addressed during this legislative session, uh, in a sense, kicking it uh, down the road until next year. Uh, that is assuming there is a great need for reform. Does the Taxpayer Association believe there still is need for reform? We do. I mean, there's a couple of things that, well, actually more than a couple, but several things that were in the bill that we think still need to be addressed. Number one, the dependent exemption for Utah families. That was lost in federal tax reform. That is still now the case. The bill was going to address that, and we think that still needs to be addressed. I mean, that was $130 million-plus tax cut going to families. That is not in place now, and so we'll have to readdress that. Um, The Social Security tax, senior citizens will now continue to pay that tax. It was going to eliminate it for many or most of those seniors. We need to address that still. And we think our income tax rate is still too high and needs to be lowered. Um, And finally, the state, everyone needs to remember, the state is sitting on a surplus now of over $480 million. The question is, what do they do now? You know, our job will be to continue to be up there on the Hill, making sure that it's just not directed right at spending, that we return that to taxpayers and and give everybody the tax cut they deserve. And so it's very much an ongoing conversation, and, and these types of things should be addressed. And we understand there might not be an appetite for it in the near term. We, we certainly understand that at this point, uh, but it does need to be addressed. You the the list of items you just list are all for the most part contained within this bill, which is a signal to be reform, uh, repealed uh, next week. If a situation arises next year, there's an appetite for only one issue. Do you have your priorities uh, listed out yet? What's at the top of your list? Well, we think the income tax rate still needs to be reduced here in the state, and that dependent exemption should be restored. Those are those are two priorities that would only be fair. Uh, to taxpayers in Utah. And and you do need to address, you know, the, the issues ongoing funding of transportation. You know, that 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 is the big elephant in the room that was not addressed. Right. It was they tried to address it a bit in the bill, but but that is an ongoing issue that we have to face. Gas tax revenue is not keeping up with the cost of roads and, and we don't want to see that turn into a massive tax hike on citizens at some point. We've got to figure something else out. Very good. Uh, Rusty Cannon, Vice President of the Utah Taxpayers Association. I'm grateful to you for what you've taught me over the last few weeks. 
and I'm grateful Thank to you. you for what you've shared with me uh, today. We'll look forward to talking to you as this legislative session kicks off uh, and certainly as uh, attention is returned to this issue of tax reform as it is, uh, according to some, and you included uh, a dire need for us uh, to answer here in the state. Again, Rusty, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Lee. All right. Very good. Hey, listen, that's it for today's program. I'm grateful to you for having tuned in. Uh, This was an interesting one. We came into work today planning to talk to you about a a long list of things, and then we heard from the governor's office and the state legislature that uh, actually all bets are off. We're going to repeal this, and we had to shift our attention to that. We've spoken to so many great folks today. Uh, We we kicked off uh, the day speaking to Justin Lee. Uh, He's with the director of elections to clarify something for us. This move by the governor's office and the legislative leaders came about after an effort by folks signing petitions. And, well, there are still a stack of petitions in the offices of the respective county clerks around the state. Uh, Justin Lee let us know that they will continue to be counted, and we very likely will find out if the folks collecting signatures met the mark and if their efforts were, uh, in fact, successful. Uh, Now, that's all moot now that the governor has let us know that this deal will be repealed. Uh, But it'd be interesting to know if the voice of the Utah people was sufficient to bring about this change. Uh, Anyway, I'm grateful to you for listening. Next up, it's Grant Nielsen. He's filling in for Jeff Kaplan on Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio.